Hello everyone.、Um, today, all the playoffs. Actually, no. There's still one more left for tomorrow, but the East playoffs, they're completely decided. You know, Washington beat the fuck out of the Pacers, like the Pacers beat the fuck out of the Hornets.、Um, you know, the rim protection was a big problem for the Pacers.、Uh, Westbrook just got in the paint consistently, like all the time. He was there. Every single possession,、um, and、uh, you know, Beal looked a little better. You know, Gafford's been huge for them, and、uh, you know, he had I think five block. He had fifteen points, thirteen rebounds, five blocks.、Um, how old How old is Gafford? Let me just see, because they might because they might have like an interesting decision to make with Thomas Bryant. I think Gafford's pretty young. I think he's only like twenty something, twenty one, twenty two. He's gonna be twenty three. How old is Thomas Bryant? And did Thomas Bryant already get paid? I don't think Thomas Bryant got paid. So Thomas Thomas Bryant's gonna be twenty four. Did he get paid? Let's see. I think he did get paid. He got paid. He got paid pretty good. Like not. I mean, when I say good, I mean like pretty team friendly. He's only getting paid. Eight, he's only gonna get paid nearly eight, nine million for next season, so that's not a lot. So you could like Gafford and Thomas Bryant for next season. That's pretty good.、Um, but yeah, like the Pacers had no rim protection. They had nothing, and、uh, they just got demolished.、Uh, the Wizards shot fifty-eight percent. You know that's a lot. They had fifty-two rebounds, and.、Uh, You know, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like that was the game right there. I will say the, for the Pacers,、uh, they have what's the name? I don't know, O'Shea Brissett. I think he's good. Like he's young and he's good. I feel like that's a keeper.、Uh, Keelan Martin. I think that's a keeper too. He's a little bit older, older, but he looks like a keeper too. Both these guys can shoot, and they're they have good size on them. I think they're both keepers. O'Shea definitely because he's he's like three four years younger. I think he's only like twenty two, twenty three. Um, yes,、yeah, so、yes.、Yeah, so、I think he's a keeper. You know, Car- no Karras definitely hurt.、Um, no TJ, no Turner. Like all those things definitely hurt. But I wanted to talk about the playoffs in the Eastern Conference because everything's set now. So the the first round matchup is the Wizards and the Seventy Sixers. The Seventy Sixers finished with forty nine wins. You know, their offense was pretty middling, but that's kind of what you expect with Ben Simmons as the point guard. Like he's not, he's not gonna do much. Actually, that's not true. I guess he does. Like their offense is better when they're starting five on. It's just like the bench doesn't give them like that scoring punch. Second on defense, and when Joel Embiid played, they were thirty nine and twelve. Uh. Yes, thirty nine and twelve, which would be the equivalent of what? Let's see, uh, fifty one. Let's see, sixty five, eighty two. That would be the equivalent of like a sixty five win team, and I do think, probably not sixty five, but like sixty two wins. I think they were probably like good enough to be, like sixty sixty wins if Joel Embiid plays like a whole season. I think that's how good they actually were with Joel. I think that's how good. 
Joel was this season. Like, he was just a monster. Like, that mid-range game, that face-up game, insane. So, you know, I think they're really good. But the Wizards are the team that I'm more interested in here. Because, you know, before the season started, I I was not very high on them, but I was kind of high on them. Because they had two volume guys that could control a whole game. Like, Beal could do it with his scoring, and Westbrook can do it just with all-around guy. Like, those guys are going to combine for 55 points, 20 rebounds, like 15, 20 assists, like, combined. Like, that's what those two are going to give you every single night. So, you know, I was very high on them. And, like, they started off so slow, but, like, Westbrook, he played through an injury. And if you look at their record once... Like they got health when once he got healthy and everyone else on that team got healthy, they finished seventeen and six. That was the best record in the league. I think it was them and Phoenix and one other team I can't remember. I think maybe the Nets that tied for like the best record to finish out the season. And you know Westbrook was on a mission. He was amazing down the stretch. Beal, you know, probably all NBA. Rui looked pretty good. Uh, Berton, he started making threes again. Uh, what else? Um, I think they, like Raul, Raul Neto, I don't know why he's still start- Like, I'm not saying he's a bad player or anything. I just don't know why he's starting. Like, they're so small. Because Beal's pretty much their small forward. But what I wanted to talk about was that first matchup and just what I'm interested in. I'm interested in how they're going to guard Beal. And I'm interested in... I'm interested in if Westbrook can get into the paint consistently. Because I feel like if you cut Westbrook off, that whole team is cut off. Like, he is he is the engine that makes that team go. Like, Beal's probably their Beal is their best player. But I don't think he's their most important player. Because I think Westbrook just makes that team go. Uh, when he's having a good game, the Wizards are probably going to win. Or they're going to be in contention to win. When he's not... They have zero chance. Uh, you know, the Wizards, over, like, that 17-6 and six stretch, they were, like, a top 10 offense and defense. You know, for the season, it's 17th and 19th, but I don't, like, trust those numbers at all. Like, Westbrook was injured. COVID fucked them really bad. A lot of injuries and whatnot, so, like, I don't trust that. They're not – they're definitely not 17-6 and six good, but, like, 17-10 and 10 good? Yeah, I think so. Like, they're probably as good as, like – New York or the Hawks. Like, I think that's how, that's exactly how good they are. Um, you know, they play a really high pace. They're first in pace in the league. Um, what's it called? What are, what are the 76ers? 76ers are 11th, so it's not too far off. Um, I would say this, I think what's really just going to decide this matchup is Joel Embiid against the Wizards front line and what like the Wizards play center by committee so they go Alex Len, they go Robin Lopez, they go, you know, Daniel Gafford and I think Embiid's just gonna eat through Alex Len and Gafford. I think Lopez is the, Lopez might have to play like a big role in this series because I don't think the other two have anything for him. Um I think the series probably goes 4-1 76ers. Maybe 4-2 if Russ and Beal just get super hot. 
But I think probably most likely it'll be a 4-1 series. And uh, I just wonder what they're going to do next season. Like, Beal can leave. Not leave, but because like, I think he has one more year left. But they could trade him. Um, or maybe they're, maybe they're like, um, you know, Danny, he's young. He can come back, and maybe he takes another step. Maybe Rui takes another step. Maybe Gafford's the real fucking deal. Thomas Bryant comes back. Russ, you know, doesn't start off the year injured. And, you know, we get another pick or we add another piece. Or, you know, we trade Bertans and get a piece or something like that. Or Bertans just has, like, a much better season. Maybe we just run this back with another player, another piece. Tom is back. And, you know, instead of being the eighth seed, maybe we end up where, like, the Hawks and the Knicks and the Heat. Maybe we end up in that range. So, you know, it's interesting what the Wizards can do and will do in the offseason. I think it'll all just come back to what Bradley Beal decides if he wants to stay or not. And for the 76ers, they're going to go end up facing the Hawks or the Heat. I mean, the Hawks and the Knicks. One of the Hawks or the Knicks. So we'll talk about that when that happens. Uh, the second matchup is the Nets and the Celtics. And the only thing I want to talk about that is... Because um, it's going to get brought up so much. It's, uh, you know, the Celtics fleece the Nets. And now the Nets are much better. And it's like, that has nothing to do with what the trade was, though. Like, it's not, like, the Nets, like, Kyrie and KD chose the Nets. Like, they could have chose anything, but they chose the Nets. Like, I don't, the trade is still not a failure or anything because you got, for 89-year-old Paul Pierce and 97-year-old Kevin Garnett, you got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is 24 years old. Jason Tatum is 22 years old. And both those guys have made two Eastern Conference Finals already. And they're both All-Stars already. So, like, you did not lose that trade no matter what. You got two All-Stars. You got one guy in Jason Tatum who looks like he's probably going to be a superstar in a year, maybe two years. Jalen Brown, he just keeps getting better every single year, even though people keep saying he's already plateaued. Like, last year when he became a 20-point scorer, everyone's like, that's just what he is. And then he came back this year, and he's like, actually... I'm going to be an all-star. I'm going to put up 25 points a game on 60% true shooting. That's what I'm going to do. And each year, you know, I keep mentioning this. Each of the last three years, these guys have gotten better as playmakers. Their assists per game has gotten better every single year. You know, the only thing I would like to see from both of them is uh, with Tatum, I would need, I need to see more, like, I need I need to see him cut down the mid range just a little bit, just a tiny bit. And with Jalen, I need he he's too good at the rim to not be getting to the free throw line seven eight times. Him and Tatum both need to just be watching James Harden, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and just just see what they do to get to the free throw line because that that can take them to the next level, or they just have to become much better playmakers. Like, get to six assists, seven assists. Either do that or get to the line seven, eight times a game. Um, because even, like, the thing that James Harden and, like, all these players do is, like, if James Harden has a, a five for 20 game, he might still finish the game with, like, 34 points because he got to the line 14 times. With, when, J, when, Jace, when Jason Tatum gets, uh, like, a four for 18 game, he usually finishes the game with, like, 14 points. 
that's not good enough, man. Like you got if you have a four for eighteen game, we still need twenty four from you. We still need like that many points from you. And the same thing with Jalen. Like Jalen, I think more over Jalen, he has to get better as a playmaker. Uh, he he's obviously been getting better, but he needs to get a little bit more. He needs to get even better at that. He he should also begin to the free throw line more, but I think more so for him, he has to get better as a playmaker. But for the series itself, you know, no Jalen. Kemba does look better, and I think Fournier has been playing really well ever since like the old for ten that he started. He's been playing really well. Like he's shooting like forty five percent from three. Uh, Tatum's obviously been a monster. Um, I'm inclined to pick the series as a four zero sweep, honestly. I really am because, yeah, like Tatum can probably go ahead and guard KD. Like, he can't guard KD, but, like, you're okay one-on-one KD. You know, if you get 30, you get 30, whatever. And then, you know, Marcus on one of Kyrie or James, you know, if they get 30, they get 30, whatever. You know, we're guarding it one-on-one. But then the Nets still have one more player that can just go off. And, like, Kemba and Fournier aren't going to be able to guard them. And I just don't think, like, defensively, you know, with Jalen, they did lose a lot because Fournier, he's not a, he's not really a good defender. He's okay. Kemba tries a lot. I think he's okay as well. Tatum's good. Marcus is good. Time Lord is fine. Tristan is fine. Neesmith is fine. Pritchard is fine. But it's not, you need, I think you need good, great, elite defense against this Nets team. And I just don't think they're going to be able to do anything with that. I think Brad's going to scheme up some things to be able to score on them. I think it's going to be a lot of high-scoring games. It'll be a lot of, like, 125 to 115 type games. I think that's what we're going to see a lot in this series. And, uh, you know, maybe one game Tatum and Kemba can go off together and just put up, like, 80 points and they can squeeze out a game. But aside from that, like, I don't see anything more than 4-0 or 4-1 in this series. And the third series is Milwaukee and Miami. We saw them last year, but, like, the thing with last year was for the Bucks, their defense, if you looked at it in the bubble, it wasn't even close to what it was in the regular season. Like, not even close. Um, and Bledsoe, I'm dead serious. Like, if you replace Bledsoe with, like, an average point guard the last two seasons... The Bucks are in the finals. Like Bledsoe has been absolutely garbage in the playoffs for the Bucks. Like absolutely fucking garbage. He he was he was he was obviously okay on defense, but on offense he was so fucking bad. I think if you replace Bledsoe with like I'm trying to think of just like an average average point guard. Like the way Reggie Jackson has been playing this year. Or even like Patrick Beverly, honestly. Just because the thing with Beverly is like for some reason people don't think he's a good shooter. He's been shooting like 40% for like 7-8 years. Uh, 40% from 3 for like 7-8 years now. Like he's he's a good shooter. And he, t- he does take volume threes. Like it's, it's like 5 attempts a game or something. So like... You know, he's a volume three-point shooter who makes, like, 40%. So, like, and he plays good defense, too. Like, if you replace Bledsoe with, uh, you know, Beverly or, like, Reggie Jackson or something like that, they would be in the finals one of those two, one of the one of the last two seasons. Like, they just would be. Probably both, honestly. 
Because against the Raptors, that he was, it was almost disgusting to watch. And against the Heat, it was the same thing. It was disgusting to watch. Um, but the Heat, they got Drew Holiday now, who actually does have a good playoff track record. Uh, you know, he hasn't been in the playoffs that many times. But he, like, the times he has been in the playoffs, he's been pretty good. And uh, he had a really good season. Like, he shot the he shot the hell out of the ball from three. Um, you know, defensively, we, we know what he does. You know, he's, uh, he's fearless. He'll guard anyone. You know, he can he can guard Jimmy. He can guard Drogic. He can guard Duncan, Tyler Hero, whatever. And then they added P.J. Tucker, which I think was pretty huge because now what he, what PJ does is he gives you flexibility to play multiple ways. Like you can play huge if you want to. You can go Drew, Middleton, PJ, Giannis and Brooke like if you really wanted to cuz like you know Drew can shoot, Middleton can shoot. Uh what's his name? Um PJ can shoot. Uh Brooke can kind of shoot like I'm I'm not I don't remember exactly what he shot this year, but he can kind of shoot. And then Giannis can just be like Giannis, like what he what he is anyways. Like in that lineup, all you would be doing is replacing uh, Dante. Or you could play small, but like not really small because you would still be pretty big with Drew, Dante, uh, Middleton, PJ, and uh, Giannis. So like you have a 6'11 guy, a 6'8 guy, and like, like PJ is only 6'5", 6'6", but like he's... He's thick enough to play away like three, four, and like probably guard some fives. Uh, so like they're they're a much they're a, I think they're a better playoff team than years prior just because just because I think Bledsoe was so awful like he was just I, like I didn't even enjoy watching the Bucks games like they were in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors and I was like this is not fun man I don't want to watch Eric Bledsoe play basketball. Um, but I I've, I said this in the last podcast. I think what the Bucks did was pretty idiotic. Like I legitimately think it was idiotic because, firstly, last season's already done. So like this idea of oh we're gonna avenge our loss. No, that's already done, man. Like what are y'all even talking about? What are you talking about? That season is done. Like it's in the books. So and like the bu- the Bucks owner today was like, yeah, we kind of wanted the Heat. I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. Like. Well, okay, I'm I'm going a little extreme here, but like obviously, like if you want that, sure, whatever, I don't care. But like, I just think it's dumb because the Heat. Firstly, you're not even that much better than the Heat. Like you guys only finished like six games above the Heat, and you can top watch six games a lot. Not really, because the Heat started off so bad because of injuries and COVID. If you look at the Heat's record after like their terrible start, they had like a top five six record in the league. Not just in the East, but in the entire league, they had like a top five to six record. So, you know, you're facing that team with that coach, with those two guys at the helm of it, with Jimmy and Bam, and Drogic's looking better, Tyler Hero's looking better, Duncan's looking better, you know, Ariza's shooting the ball better, um, you know, Kendrick Nunn's shooting the ball better, um, who else? Uh, Iggy looks pretty good. Um, Dwayne Deadman, he they have him now, and he looks fucking really good. The one thing with him is, like, I remember he, he used to be able to shoot threes. Like, he shot, like, 35 36% for the Hawks, and now he's not even taking any. So, like, 
that's strange. I don't know. Like, if he could, like, go back to shooting some threes, like, that would be huge for the Heat. Uh, what else? Uh, I, I just don't... The thing... One of the reasons I don't really... I don't like it at all is... Like, I talked about this in the last podcast, so I'm just repeating myself again. Your margin of error is so little now. Like, if if Giannis tweaks an ankle, if Middleton tweaks an ankle, Drew tweaks an ankle, like, you're, you're almost fucked there. The Heat aren't going to, like, take it easy because Giannis is out. They're not going to do that. You know, like, if, if Giannis had tweaked his ankle or something was out a couple games against the Knicks and the Hawks, like, you probably could have managed. You probably could have, like, had a chance of winning those games. You don't have a chance of winning those games against the Heat. Or your chances are, like, just very little. So, I don't like what they did there at all. I think they could have... Like, and all they had to do was just rest their guys against the Heat. You know, you weren't going to catch the Nets for the two seed anyways. Like, the Nets had, like, the easiest schedule possible. I think they faced, like, the Magic. No, I think they they played the Bulls and the Cavs. So, like, they weren't going to lose those games. With, with, like, the two seed on the line, they weren't going to lose those games. So that was dumb on their part. Um, I really don't know who I'm going to pick for this series. This series is tough. It's tough. It's really tough. I'm going to go... Like, my initial reaction just when I see it, I go, okay, Drew's so much better than Eric Bledsoe. Um, PJ's a great addition to the team. Giannis is a monster, of course. Middleton's really fucking good. Brooke is pretty good. Uh, Bud's a good coach. So it should be the Bucks in like a 4-2 series. But Jimmy's having his best season ever. Bam's better than what he was last year. And all those guys that I mentioned, like, they're playing better than what they have been throughout the season. And Spo is one of the best coaches in the league, probably, like, top one or two or three. So I'm really not sure. I'm Like, I'm inclined to say the Bucks in six. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Miami Heat won in six or seven. I, I, what I'll say is I don't think this series goes anything less than six games. I'll say that. This series will not go less than six games. And for the Heat, if let's say they lose in the offseason, I think they have some cap space and they have some assets that they could use to get someone. I've said it before. I think if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I'm going to the fucking Heat. Like, that's what I'm doing. If if we lose, and if we lose or we don't even make the conference finals, and I'm quiet, I'm going to the Heat. I'm going to Pat, and I'm being like, okay, we got Jimmy, we got me, we got Bam. Talent-wise, we're way ahead. And I know when Kawhi was going to the Clippers, from the reports, it was that he called Jimmy way before he called Paul George. So, like, he wanted to play with Jimmy. And, uh... Like, I don't, if you're Kawhi, why would you want to stay in a situation where Paul George is your second guy? Like, if you flame out, of course. Like, if Paul George flames out, maybe Kawhi flames out, and maybe he's like, okay, I could have done something better. I could have played better. So that's a, that's a thing that could happen, I suppose. And that's a reason for him to stay. Or if, like, you know, he gets injured or someone gets injured and they're like, ah, oh, you know, we actually had a chance, but, you know, injuries cost us. Um, but, yeah, I think 
for the Heat, like they have a lot of things that they can do. They can use Hero, Achua, and uh, other like stuff to, you know, go ahead and make a deal for another like all-star caliber player. They could go out and get Kyle Lowry if they want. I don't think Kyle Lowry would make it. Like he might actually. I don't know. Kyle Lowry is really fucking good. Um, but yeah, I think the the Heat. They they definitely have moves they could make in the offseason. For the Bucks, I don't know what they do. Because they can't... They they have that core pretty much locked up. They they're, Their three guys are locked up. So, like, they can't do anything, really. Unless they're like, okay, we've tried it with Middleton a couple times now. Let's just let's just get someone someone else in there. Aside from that, like, they can't really do anything. Um... Maybe they're like, let's get Brooke out of here, you know, like, you know, we've tried it with Brooke and Middleton, like, let's try something else now. Uh, I still think they should have, like, Drew's obviously been really good. I still think they should have gone after Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul was the move that they should have gone. They should have made. You know, Chris is, like, having an all-NBA second-team type season. And uh, I think a one-two punch... And I think Chris is like a a true number two. Drew's not like Drew's not really a number two, and Middleton's like a. I don't think Middleton's a true number two as well. I think they're probably both like really good third pieces. Because neither of them's gonna make All NBA, and like, I don't think like obviously they had, they had really good seasons, but they're not they're not like for sure All NBA guys. Chris Paul is a for sure All NBA guy. And I just think about Middleton and Giannis running a pick and roll. I, I don't I like that. Drew and Giannis running a pick and roll, I only kind of sort of kind of sort of like it. Because Drew doesn't like scare anyone from the mid range. And um even though he's having a good three point shooting year, I don't like I don't know how much I fully trust it. With Chris, I trust the shooting. With with Chris, like I could see you know, him and Giannis running pick and roll, you know, again and again and again and again. And, you know, getting good shots out of it all the time. Um, you know, Chris has the mid-range game. He's probably the best mid-range shooter in the league. And three-point shooting was, like, I think he shot... He, I think Chris was, like, a couple shots away from 50-40-90. Like, two, three shots away from 50-40-90. And I trust his three-point shooting. Like, he's actually, like, a elite shooter, so I trust him. I think the Bucks made a mistake. So I, the Bucks have made a couple mistakes, in my opinion, even though they've done some good things. Like getting, getting Drew was good. Getting PJ Tucker was good. But you know, not losing, not lo- not losing to the Heat, and not getting Chris Paul instead. I think those were really big mistakes, and I think they're gonna cost them. Um. After that. Uh, so I, I, I got, fuck, it's a tough series. I, you know what? I'm going to say either Bucks in six or Heat in seven. Because if it goes seven, I'm going to pick the Heat. And if it doesn't, I think the Bucks probably. Because I don't think the Heat are probably going to beat them in six. I do think the Bucks can beat them in six or five even, honestly. <sighs> All right, last series, we got the Knicks 
and the Hawks. I watched all three of these games and they've all been really fun. Two of them were before Nate McMillan got there. And that really matters because with with, uh, Lloyd Pierce, they were, I think, 14 and 20. With Nate McMillan, they were 27 and 11. I think they have the second best record since Nate McMillan took over. They were a top eight offense, a top 10 defense. And many of those games were without Trey Young. Some of them, like all of them, I'm pretty sure without like DeAndre DeAndre Hunter. Um, Most of them actually, like probably like 80% without DeAndre Hunter. Some of them were without John Collins, Bogdan, Gallinari. So like, you know, their numbers probably are are probably even like a little bit better than uh, what they already are with Nate McMillan. Uh, You know, they played one game against the Knicks with Nate and they lost in overtime but that was the game that Trey Young got injured and like with him they were like a plus 15 in that game so I don't know how much to really like take from that like the Knicks won all three matchups against the Hawks but they were all close games and two of them with Lloyd Pierce and one of them like they were down and uh, Trey got injured so like don't really know how much to take from that um the best player in this series, I think, is going to be Randall. I think he is better than Trey Young just by a little bit. Um, but I think the next, like, three players are going to be the Hawks. It's going to be Trey. It's going to be Clint. It's going to be John Collins. And maybe even four. Because Bogdan has been fucking insane this year. So it might be, like, the next four are Hawks. And then you got, like, the Barrett, uh, Hunter, depending on how healthy he is. Um, who else? Solomon Hill? No, not really. Tony Snell has been shooting the fuck out of the ball, so you never know what... You, I don't know what to make of Tony Snell. Uh, and, like, Bullock. Bullock's probably a little better because he's better on uh, defense. And uh, I think he's a much... Like, he's a better playmaker. Like, he might not average a lot of assists, but, like, he moves the ball really quick. And bench-wise, like, D-Rose, quickly, Taj, Toppin, Alex Burks against Lou, Herter, uh, Akongwu, uh, Solomon Hill, and uh, maybe DeAndre Herter if he's not healthy. I think he, I think he's been coming off the bench. Um, you know, so it's a very even matchup. I just think... I just think the Hawks have too much talent for them, and they've been playing so well since Nate's got in there that I think they're. I think they're just gonna have a. It's gonna be a close. I, 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 it's gonna be a close game, and you know Randall's gonna try doing his best, but I just don't think RJ is there yet to like really help him close games, and. The Hawks are going to have Trey and Bogdan. You know, two guys that can... You know, Trey can get you 25 to 30 a night. Bogdan can get you 20 to 25 a night. You know, Collins can get you 18 to 20 a night. You know, Capella's going to get you 15 and 15 a night. Like, it's just too much talent. And if Hunter is healthy, he's gonna, he's also going to get you 15 a night. I just think it's too much talent for the Knicks. And, like... The Hawks are a good defense themselves. So like they have been ever since, um, you know, Nate's gotten there. Nate has not gotten there because he's been there the whole time. But like 
since he's taken over, they've been a good defense. So, and, you know, Rondo was giving them absolutely nothing, and Lou's actually been, like, really good for them. Um, so they've been a good defense, and I, and the Knicks aren't a good offense, so I think they're going to make the Knicks offense look even worse, and they just have so much more talent on offense that even though the Knicks are a good defense, I don't think they're going to be able to contain them as much. Um, so I, I have the series 4-2-4-3 Hawks. I'm going to say 4-2 Hawks, but if it goes to a seventh game, I'm going to pick the Knicks, actually. If it goes to seven games, I'm going to pick the Knicks. Just because I think if it goes to seven games, that means, like, the talent uh, isn't... The, the, the Hawks having so much more talent isn't doing much. And if it gets to that point, then I just have to go with the team with the best player, and I think that's Randall. And, uh, yeah, like, the, the Knicks have a lot of cap space. They have some assets, and I think... I think I think good players, like actual star players, would want to play for them now. Like, Randall is an all-NBA player. Like, RJ looks promising. You know, Tibbs has got them playing really hard. The thing with Tibbs, though, is the first year is always good. Like, people are like, oh, we're bought in. You know, we're going to play defense. We're going to beat the hell out of people. Then the second year comes, like, you know, we're still doing this. Like, this grind again, like... Like, it can be draining, I imagine. And so you, I wonder where it's going to be, like, next year. But if I'm dumb, I'm, like, no offense to RJ and, you know, Toppin and, you know, Mitchell Robinson and, like, all our future picks. Um, if we can go package that for, like, a Bradley Beal, like, we have to do it. You have to do it. And then you get... Beal and Randall and like there's going to be a star that looks at that and goes okay I want to yeah I'm going to sign with you guys and now you have something there I'll say this I want to talk about this too just for a second I can't believe Kevin Durant said the Knicks aren't cool like they weren't good that doesn't mean they weren't popular as fuck like the if if what the Nets are doing, like what KD, Kyrie, and Harden are doing, but it was for the uh, Knicks, that would be the biggest story in sports media, probably. Yeah, like not even close. They would hype the fuck out of that. Like no, like the Nets have James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie, and like no one gives a fuck. They have Steve Nash as the coach. No one cares. So, like, Kevin Durant talking about, like, oh, the Nets are cool. It's like, no, they're not. The Nets are not cool. No one gives a fuck about you guys. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about them. Uh, all right, thank you for listening, everyone.